The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Hey, it's David McDonald from Deathris, and you're listening to Radioactive Metal. Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a death-redefining episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 710, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go out there, subscribe, because when you subscribe, you don't run out of coffee. Shows up at your door every month. You're like, hey, look at this. I have coffee. And you get music. So that's the first thing. But maybe you're thinking, but I don't like coffee. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't drink coffee either. But I have had this coffee and I do like it. So if you're coffee curious, if if you've never been able to find the coffee that'll do it for you, Mjork Helvete. That's the one I recommend. That's the one I like. Mm -hmm. It's the dark roast. Um, But... If you're still thinking, but yeah, I mean, I dig it, True Call. Like, they have cool imagery, and I love the the humor of the names and things, but I just don't drink coffee. Well, then, here's what you do. You head over to Embodiment Printing Press, right? Or, honestly, even just hang out on the True Call site, because Mr. Coffee Bean Occulta is a man of many talents. He is a man who just can't stop being creative can't stop thinking of things and he's just making things making cool art making cool stuff making mugs making t-shirts so you should go over and get some of those things and definitely get on the mailing list because halloween's coming up ladies and gentlemen Mm -hmm. and if there is one thing you should know if you're listening to this show is that halloween's kind of a big deal for us it's the 31 days of the year where we can walk around in public and feel normal (laughs) <laughs> right so All right there's going to be special things coming out and last year well i don't know that for sure hopefully they will but last year special things came out right and the only way to know about them was to be on the email list they weren't on the instagram they weren't um they might have been up on the website i may have, it might have had to be a special link there at first but we knew because we're insiders so 
Go there. Mm-hmm. True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. It is amazing coffee made by metalheads for metalheads. Snowman, what's happening? Well, it's, um, as we're going to be finding out a little later on in our metal fix and just throughout this, um, just throughout this episode, I'm going to be needing some true Cavalt coffee, particularly tomorrow night, which will be Saturday as we speak, because this week, the last seven days, okay, has been just jammed, packed for me as soon as we're done here tonight i'm stepping out into the the you know out into the winnipeg wilderness and our our boys ninja cat production they're putting on a local show at a brand new outdoor venue that i've never been to before okay that will be show number four this week (laughs) okay almost back to normal Almost. Almost. <laughs> almost. Almost. And then you you couple that with this will be the second recording of Radioactive Metal. And then I did Wrestling Night in Canada earlier this week. So oh, that's right. You we know did how... record Monday, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh, what a crazy week. So it's like when like most people they use the weekend to re- to recover for you know because they went to work all all week or whatever or they're they're going out and they're partying on the weekend well it's kind of reverse for me i did all my partying through throughout the week and i'm gonna need saturday night <laughs> just to just to veg with mrs snowy have a living room date night with a big pot of true cavalt coffee and just watch a movie or listen to some music and all that it's always it's always a good time when we have our living room date night so yeah that's what's going to be coming going on with me in the next little while before we jump into this episode because we got a kick-ass creature feature um we both sat down and had a chance to watch the new this is guar documentary yes Yes, Um, we did eager to get into that but before we do that we're going to get into our mandatory metal segment but even before we do that this is canada a so today as we speak should actually be a national holiday because today is the 69th birthday of one getty lee from rush holy crap yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So there are just some times that they're, you know, and this is a long weekend at, anyways, as it is. I got this Monday off. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's just some certain times that, you know, Canadians should have Getty Lee's birthday off. Legit metalheads should have June 6th off. You know, because of six six six, because right. of because of, in, because of inter, international day of Slayer and all that, and you know, and every I always make that joke at work and all that, and like it's just a joke. I don't really expect me to have June sixth off just because I'm into heavy music and all that. But like, you you got to be careful who you make the joke with, because some people just don't have a sense of humor. Well. I you know. honestly think the reason that people don't have a sense of humor is because things that we would have laughed at a couple years ago have come true. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, there there's just so many things. And um <laughs> never mind, I'll tell you this one off air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And as as well Okay, when when things don't apply to people, like I can see that sort of negative reaction. So when I say yeah, all legit metalheads should have that day off. You know, well these people I'm talking to have no interest in metal, so you know it's going through their head. Well, that doesn't apply to me. Why would you? Well, I'm kidding. Well, you know? re remember our Stranger Things discussion. Metal's the only thing you're still allowed to hate. That's right. So, you know, <laughs> that, this, so. that's how they get their jollies nowadays. For sure, for sure, for sure. Well, I get my jollies with True Cavalt Coffee and the mandatory metal segment i wanted th i this was really interesting okay back back in the late 80s in the old wild rags records days there was just a band called just plain old blood okay and they had somewhat of a they had somewhat of a name amongst the uh on the underground back then they had i guess their most famous record was 1988's impulse to destroy <laughs> okay mm -hmm. they never did have a title track for that record until they kind of made their quasi comeback over the years with 2018's inferno record now they have a track called impulse to destroy i guess better late than never so that's awesome <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and they did that just to irritate me, or just say, "Yeah, you want title track, Snowy? Here, here you go." I kind of want to do that now. Like, I just yeah. think that's so cool. Every yes, every six successive record have a title song from the record before, right? There, <laughs> and see if anyone anyone notices the pattern. <laughs> That'd be great. There, we just threw it out for. Some young, enterprising band. So let's go in tonight's mandatory metal segment with blood and impulse to destroy.
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, hey dude, what's going on? All right, let me check my notes. So, well, so here's the first thing I want to talk about while I'm f- trying to find the things I wrote down. You know, last week we talked about Nita Strauss leaving Alice Cooper and Kane Roberts coming back. And we were excited for everybody, right? We're excited for Nita. We're excited for Kane. It's like, wow, okay, this is cool. And here, here's what I can't figure out, Snowy. And and this, this is where I am, like, literally ready to, like, remove myself from the internet altogether. I was listening to another podcast, but I honestly think that this podcast is just one of the ones that likes to stir shit. Uh. And they they are entertaining. They talk about guitars, and I enjoy them. But they were reading all these comments. And, and I mean, they're honestly defending Nita Strauss. But they're reading all these nasty comments. But I think deep down, they like to make fun of metalheads. You know? And, and, And somebody left a comment... And um, they're like, yeah, dude, you really just don't know much about metal, do you? And, you know, the, the host replies to the comment. He's like, oh, oh, no, I know metal. Name three alloys if you like metal, you know, like being a smart aleck. And then, you know, <laughs> puts it as rude and nasty and, oh, gatekeeper. Oh, you're going to gatekeep me. I'm like, well, like, he's he's a big surf rock guy. Like, okay. I am certain if I, you know, went up to him and made all sorts of comments, I'm like, yeah, surf rock's great, but they should take out the reverb. And, like, reverb's key to the sound. Right. You know? And be like, yeah, I don't see why they have reverb in there. That's just dumb. It doesn't make sense. You know? <laughs> like, like, I am sure he'd be like, ah, losing his mind. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, although, he has a nice, a much of a sense of humor, so he might. But, anyway, they're reading all these comments, and, dude, like... People are like, oh, well, Nita Strauss already canceling shows. She's like, I've canceled five shows in six months. Like, what are you talking about? Like, she came and responded. But just, I I don't understand why people feel the need to try to bring other people down, whether it's in person, whether it's on the internet. Well, that's just it. Keyboard it, warriors, yeah. But it, it just, like, why, why would you be like, oh, you're going to suck now? Like... You know, and, and things like, oh, well, I'm not going to be a fan. Like, w- really? Because she's still making great music, and now you're not going to listen to it because it's not with Alice Cooper? Um, okay. Yeah. Like, I, uh, dude, it just, it really, really upsets me. And I, here's here's where I think it stems from. And, and I, like, I went on to the, like, this, the podcast group, and I commented this, and I said, I am not defending any of those idiots that were saying this sort of stuff. But I honestly think that, like, when metalheads get that upset, I think a lot of it is because they have taken so much shit from everybody else. Because everybody shits on our genre. Like, mm-hmm. all the time. Like, like, we are the last thing you can make fun of. You know? Right. Um, and it, it's just one of those things where it's like, I really think that that's where it's stemming from. And I, I've said this on the show before. I will say it again. Like we really need to go out and spread the gospel, like knock on your neighbor's door in your Slayer shirt. I'd like to tell you about my Lord and savior, you know, um, mm-hmm. Jeff Hanneman. Do you have a moment, <laughs> you know, like, 
like just ah and and listen to some other genres of music and challenge the people that want to um that that, that you know want to just make fun of it because i you know i i share the example i've shared in the air here about the co-worker i had and you know they get in my car i've got the radio going it's metal uh, everyone's you know giggling laughing rah, 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 rah. look mm-hmm. i'm singing along rah, 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 rah. and then they haven't even started the car i don't even know what kind of music is going to play before they even do it don't make fun of my music yeah because they know okay turnabout is fair play yeah but the thing is i'm not going to make fun of the music I'm because i yeah. listen to more than just metal Mm-hmm. I have a vast appreciation for lots of things. And there's also a lot of things I don't like. But it's okay to not like something. It's okay to like something. Like, oh my goodness gracious. So anyway, yeah, that was the big thing. Um, So do you know who Josh Paul is? Josh Paul. No, no. And I, I not the name, but. Well, I'm pretty sure Josh you do. Paul do. Okay. And here's the worst part. Now I have to look it up again. <laughs> he hosts a podcast called Bass Freaks, and he does okay. not sound the way that he looks. I am pretty sure he. No, you know what? Now that I'm saying this out loud, yeah, that's who he is. Um, he took over the bass duties for Suicidal Tendencies after um, after Trujillo left. Trujillo left. Okay. Yeah. But then here's the crazy thing. I didn't know that he went on to be a founding member of Daughtry. Oh, okay. Neither did I. Right? And and so, like, this this is a guy who just has this really, really broad, um, you know, musical career here. And it's pretty crazy because, you know, he's cutting his teeth, coming up, playing. And he was a young kid when he joined uh, suicidal tendencies like i remember seeing him when he joined thing like wow that's a young kid you mm-hmm. know and, and he's a killer player right killer player but so he's got this um he does a podcast for dunlop and it's called bass freaks and um so that that's fun for any any bass players out there i have been on a bass guitar um binge we'll say lately like, uh, I started, I can't, I can't remember if I told you. No, I probably didn't get, get a chance to. There's a thing that happened, and it happened the same weekend that my son had his play. Um, and it was called Bass Space. And this um, online lesson site, bass guitar school, whatever you want to call it, it's called Scott's Bass Lessons, put on this big event online where they have all these interviews. And so I tuned in for a couple. One of them was Frank Bellow. That's what got me on. Uh, okay. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me watch this. I'm like, wow, is this great? Like, it was a fantastic interview. And, you know, Bell's there. He's got his bass. He's playing stuff. They're just talking all over the board. They interviewed Billy Sheehan. They interviewed um, this guy that was an upright player. They broke down, you know, some stuff with workshops. I'm like, oh, this is a lot of stuff. So I'm I'm doing a trial there, too, as long as, as well as my shutter, shutter trial this week. Um. But yeah, yeah. So like that's that's really been my week. Um, it's just been playing a whole lot of guitar, a whole lot of bass, and then now watching the um, Guar movie that we talked about. You know, th- uh. thanks to you that I didn't know about. You know, <laughs> and um, and really, I guess that's it. I like I have some stuff that'll be coming up soon, but I don't want to talk about it yet.
Snowy, did I lose you? Snowy? 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 You're back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I never left. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, yeah, you 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 dropped out there and but or at least oh. I lo- I I lost connection. So I guess all right. I'll just let I guess you finished your thought yep, and I did and yeah, it, we can, you can just keep going. I'll just say, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, for myself, as you may recall, last episode, I had expressed um, how I was going to check out something very different, at least something different from me seeing it live. Yes. Okay. In the wonderful world of pro wrestling, there is this really weird subsection called death matches. Okay, where it's just basically two guys, no prior argument, no prior storyline or anything like that. They just beat the hell out of each other with whatever weapons that they can find. And they powerbomb each other through tables that are on fire and into glass and through doors and tacks and mousetraps. And just, just, it's just, it's not, it's, it's not my thing. Okay, but my good buddy Ducky, who I co-host the uh, Wrestling Night in Canada podcast with, he gets into all this stuff. Well, he tells me, hey, Snowy Snowy, Time Bomb Wrestling, okay, is putting on a card here. And it's like, oh, okay, well, what's that? Well, that's all that deathmatch stuff. Oh, shit. Okay, so I guess you want me to go with you. Okay, Fine. Fortunately, there's some cool Winnipeg crust, crust punk bands also playing the bill. It's, you know, it's two two death matches and three bands playing. And my good buddy KK, the vocalist from uh, Shit Happens as well. And our good buddy Erica is coming out. So it's like, okay, fine. I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to enjoy the bands, okay? Winnipeg's, you know, both 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 local bands, Winnipeg's Skeleton and Toilet Pig were the two <laughs> bands that I yeah, I know, it's not my favorite name either. I love but, that okay. name. Toilet okay. Pig. That's great. <laughs> well, it was a very unique night and just by the fact that I had a couple shots beforehand and KK lives around the corner from the venue, so when we had a chance, we would run back to her place, have a couple more belts there, and then go back. And It was actually a really fun and interesting time. The first band, okay, that was kind of kicking it all off, or jerking the curtain, shall we say, was Toilet Pig. The, the, the vocalist, Tyler Colton, he was this big big huge muscular guy very thick that looked like he could be a football player or a guy that should be wrestling himself okay turns out after toilet pig was done he he 
takes the mic and he says, I'm going back into the green room there and I'm I'm changing into my wrestling gear. And then when I, when I come back, I'm going to show Addy star, his opponent, the first death match. I'm going to show her how it's done and all that. I'm like, Oh my God, not only am I watching this death match shit, I'm watching an intergender match. Oh crap. Oh, wow. Wow. Here, so here is this big goon, this big meathead. Okay, he's waiting for her to come out. And there's no ring. It's just everyone surrounding the, the dance floor, the slam dance floor. So it, it's right literally like what I said where they legalize street fighting. It, it pretty much is. But it's a work, okay? Oh, it's a work, all right. Her, his opponent, Addie Starr, comes out. And she's just this petite little thing. Okay, I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Well, these two just went crazy on one another. They started with some slaps and some hits and knees and kicks and elbows. And, you know, she was selling it really good. And he was really selling for her. (laughs) One time, I got to mention this. One time, this is at the beginning of the match where she slapped him. Okay, and I couldn't help but be a smartass by saying, hey, dude, that's not the first time you've been slapped by a girl in a bar. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's exactly what what it was. You know, you're watching this, you get into it, you you heckle the heel, you cheer for the face, which was Addie Star. After they put each other through hell, she she comes out with a... um, a plastic case full of Legos. Oh, jeez. She smears them all over the floor, and then the tacks come out, and they're powerbombing and slamming each other into the Legos and into the tacks, and he hit her with a bundle of fluorescent light bulbs and all that. Well, at the end of the match, Addy Star pulls out the big victory. It was fantastic. I, I actually kind of enjoyed because they told the story. It was a nice David versus Goliath story. Fair enough. Fair enough. Afterwards, <sighs> and, sure. and you know, there, there was another, there was another death match with two guys. I really don't care, you know, whatever. But by then, I saw I was all death matched out, so I really wasn't too worried about it. And I was there mostly to enjoy the bands and just kind of hang out for the rest of the night before, you know, the evening had wind down. We ran into Addy Star just kind of hanging out in front of the stage, and we said, "Hey, we're do this wrestling podcast. Do you want to have a couple minutes and talk?" And she was down for that, so it was really, really cool meeting, you know, a professional wrestler in kind of this this you know metal environment. Yeah, you know, I I, I didn't even think to ask that. Hey, well, maybe she's you know into the heavy music, and she would have made a great creature feature. For this show as well. Yeah, Might have been interesting. That could yeah. be fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, had a really good time there. Thanks, everyone, for making that possible. A couple nights later, Toronto's tortures, tortured saint comes through town with another touring band called My Hollow, who's one of those bands that 
were connected with their PR and all that, and their indie record came across my desk a little while back, tapped them for tonight's indie spotlight because we kind of impressed me enough with their live performance. Really, really cool. Um, local bands in Humed and Phantom Killing. You know, kind of got the crowd warmed up. Really, really cool stuff. And great guys, just kind of hanging out with them in between sets and just kind of doing the doing the snowy scene. I was really impressed. And we'll get to some tortured saint soon enough. But kind of the main event for my uh, <laughs> my time out in the out and about just last night as we speak um redefining darkness recording artists and good canadian boys deathris came through town a couple other touring bands uh stench of death and wmd were on the tour with them they were crossing canada all three bands from the calgary area and our local boys entity jerked the curtain Really, really good stuff. I won't get into too much of that because um, I tapped Stench of Death for an upcoming extended indie spotlight. And, of course, tonight's creature feature is with Damon McDonald from The Mighty Deathrist. So he'll give you the 411 on all of that cool stuff. So tonight, dude, I don't mind telling you, by the time I get home, after tonight's event and doing this show and all that, yeah, I think I'm going to be in need of uh, a Saturday night just kicking back. And just think, this is like four shows shy of what you did pre-pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Still stoked for some cool records that came across my desk. Um, out now the full length debut record this band was around for for like they kind of took a hiatus because they just had very had various different other things going on but they were actually developing quite a following you know about six or seven years ago with a variety of demos and eps and all that but castrator okay all female death metal band and featuring um robin from my gruesome on bass oh rock on yeah 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 well this was her band from way back in the day and now they're back dark descent picked them up put out their brilliant defiled in oblivion well it's i guess it's their debut full lengther rock on yeah that came across my desk i was given that a spin we'll get to a track from them another really cool band that this there's their new record roman candle will drop today if you're listening to this on the friday morning when it first drops but funeral chic we played them on the in we played them on the show before when they were kind of a more grindcore power violence type band well They've kind of ex expanded their sound, picked up new influences, whatever you want to come up with. And their new sound is kind of like a, uh, well, they're keeping some of, some of the, some of the hardcore, some, some of the aggressive stuff, but it's kind of a really cool hard rock, heavy metal 
vibe to it as well. I was cranking that as well. So let's get to these really cool records. I want to do something from the Mighty Castrator, the first single from Defiled and Oblivion. This is Inquisition Sins.
mentioned a funeral chic from their Roman candle record that was made in America and of course as we mentioned that was as well the new castrator the full length debut record trust me dude I think that was intentional that this band an all female death metal band came up with the name castrator you know, and and called themselves that. I don't think that was an accident. I guess what they're saying is you don't mess with these women. And you don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't. Really good stuff. Those records available now. Go out there and check them out. Had the good fortune last night of checking out Redefining Darkness recording artist Deathurus here good canadian boys crossing the country they stopped by at bulldogs last night this is a band that we had on a couple years ago right before the world went to hell at the last seance fest right and we had them on and when i got a hold of them to speak with them this time they were like oh yeah snowy man yeah from seance fest awesome we'll talk again thought it was really cool you know they probably do a lot of interviews and all that thought it was really cool that after everything that was going on in the world they remembered radioactive metal so good on them good on them i'm glad i'm especially glad now that I made my way out to um, have this cool chat. Unfortunately, as you're going to hear in the interview, their new record is not available. Well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, a lot of um, a lot of being a lot of releases are being pushed back for one reason or another, and their new one. Um, just is not happening until a little later on. But of course, Mr. Damon McDonald was more than happy 
to discuss everything going on with his hacked to death record and just everything as well being a touring death metal band like it's it's not it's not the glamorous world that i'm sure a lot of fans seem to think it is to get us there let's drop a track from said hacked to death record this is our chat with Dam- damien mcdonald from damien mcdonald <laughs> from deathorus with from hell they rise
Okay, first and foremost, I guess what we want to get to the heart of the matter is you're across, I believe you're crossing Canada right now. You're halfway home or? Yeah, yeah, we went, uh, the furthest we went was Quebec and then we right. were turning around. Right on, right on. And you're supporting, I guess, your latest record, Hacked to Death from 2019? Uh, okay, so we were hoping that our new album was going to be out for this tour. It's done, oh, it's ready okay. to go. Oh. So I booked the tour in hopes that it'd be out, but, uh, Every label is facing pressing delays, oh. so we weren't able to uh, release it for the tour. So what we're doing is we're actually playing a bunch of the new songs from the album to promote the album that way. So when right. it is out, people are like, oh, I recognize these from when I saw them. Right on, right on, right on. Okay, um, well, that was going to be my next question then. Like, okay, because I, did, I didn't know about this, so it's like, okay, you, you got a new record in the can. Um, did the... Did the whole okay with everything that went on? I believe the, this record went out, like or hacked, hacked came out. Yeah. Then the world went to shit. Yes. How did did that affect your writing and recording this new record at all? No. Uh, so we we took a different approach this time. Uh, me and Dimitri wrote the album, so I would write it at home, and I would send him the riffs, and I'd send him the structures and stuff, and then he had an electric kit, so he would. Uh, record some demo drums for it, send it back to me. I would listen to it, work on the vocal patterns, stuff like that. So this whole entire album, we didn't sit down and write it together. I think there was like one or two songs that we maybe sat down and wrote together. Mm -hmm. But everything else, we like, I had to write it at home and then bring it to him. And then we'd have to flush it out right. over the internet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for what I do, my co-host is in the Carolinas. So oh, yeah. for how we record and all that, it just didn't the whole thing just just didn't affect us with with the hacked death record what was the response for it over these last couple of years are you happy with it yeah it was uh it did a lot better than i thought it would but we walked into it with uh zero expectation mm -hmm. because uh not everyone's gonna like what you put out right so we just we put it out and we thought okay like let's see how it goes and yeah no it was great we sold out uh we're on the third pressing for cds now we just put out vinyls for it. Those are almost sold out. Uh, it's been great. Uh, a lot of people like us. It seems like a lot of uh, a lot of the people who came out to the shows. They've either they've seen us previously or they heard us right before COVID, mm -hmm. hoping that we'd come out. And yeah, it's gotten far. It seems. Right on. Right on. Do you think, like being signed on, and it's not like redefining darkness. It's not like Universal or or Sony or anything like that. Does that help a band like you being on, you know, a, a label with some sort of, like, vision and some sort of structure and backing? What do you mean? Like, so, like, so, like, like a label, like, redefining. Do you feel that's a step up from just being, like, total DIY? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Redefining Dark Records, Thomas, uh, he's helped us so much uh, when it comes to promotion and uh, getting our album further and further. Like it, It's so much harder to do on your own. It's possible. It's completely possible. There's a lot of bands that do it. I'm, But I'm very grateful that I have somebody to help me with all the promotion and getting it sold anywhere and everywhere. Uh, all the distributors that buy it and sell it for us, it's a lot easier with the label and yeah, I'm really grateful to have those guys. I think it's helped us a lot in the process. Right on, right on, for sure, for sure. 
this new record that you just spoke of that we're trying to get done will that be on redefining yep yeah it's uh nice. it's come out uh it'll be out in september or october right on. yeah right on going into your deal with with redefining like is is it for was it like for a single album but then you decided hey let's do the next one or did you sign on for a three album deal or whatever like this, these questions might sound boring, but oh, boring. it's a, it's it's kind of a look in behind. Yeah, you, the a world. lot of people don't know, right? Right. So, uh, the way it worked was, we put out the first single for Hack to Death, and then we got approached by Thomas to take the album and release it for us, and we said, "Yeah, you guys don't ha- ever have to stay with me, but if uh, the next time you release an album, I want you know I want first dibs on it. Just tell me." Uh, just tell me uh, the album when you want it released. If you want to go with me, or if you want to go with somebody else, he was just be he was, be transparent. If you're not going to stay, if you want to go somewhere else, and uh, we uh, chose to go with Thomas again because we love working with him. We love working with our Redefining Darkness Records. They're a great label. They have a lot of great bands, and we thought it would just be a good choice to stay with them. Right on, right on. Yeah, I know, I know, like. When I discover a new uh, a new band and I haven't heard, you know, that they were they were on a label or whatever, and then you find out they're on like like redefining, it gets my interest because it's like if they have faith in this band and if they really like them, then for sure they this band has something going on. Yeah, uh, I feel like a lot of the bands on Redefining Darkness or a lot of the new signings that Thomas does, like every band on there is great they have something to offer a lot of the bands don't sound the same by any means there's a Mm. huge mix of stuff on there there's stuff like us which is more on the death thrash realm and then they have like schizophrenia who kind of signed on more death thrash too but then they have like auction destroyer which is a lot more death metal and then like there's some black metal on there there's some black and thrash on there like wraith black mass there's a lot of different stuff so i like the kind of a melting pot of different bands I think uh, I think it works really well. So I th- I think every time I see a band on Redefining Darkness, I want to check it out because I want to know what what it's going to sound like. Thomas likes so much music, so it's really cool to see what he just signed. Right, right, excellent. I love that spirit. I love that spirit for sure, for sure. You're in. I I can tell you're into this for the music, not just for what you can get out of it. And I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, I just yeah. do it so I can see my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Up there. Okay. Um, okay. You are on tour, crossing Canada, and all that. What people might not think, you know, like our our listeners in Europe and South America and all that. I guess listening to me over the years, I guess it's they are kind of getting some idea of what Canada is. But for a touring band, like from Winnipeg here, it's eight hours that way. It's six hours that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like like that must be just absolutely brutal on bands especially with gas gas prices these days so we uh with this tour we decided that with the van that we have we have the capacity to hold another band in it so that helps we're touring together so there's eight of us in one van and both bands split the gas costs Ah. and uh and when it comes to the long drives like you're with you're with eight people in a van so we're all joking around the whole time messing around saying dumb stuff and it passes the time really well so sometimes I think of it like a traveling bachelor party almost 
Pretty much, yeah. But we always <laughs> go to bed with, like as soon as we humanly can. None of us party. We're all pretty lame. It's, so. Well, see, that's that's another thing that I wanted to get at is like a day in the life on the road, like fans and all that might might think yeah you're on tour and it's nothing but booze and chicks and all that and i'm like eh, you gotta talk to the bands i'll bet you they'll tell you a different story so we all have girlfriends one of us is married in the in the van so okay. like we like yeah so if we're like not doing anything we're all texting our girlfriends or like and just hanging out pretty much like there's no drinking or anything like that we go to bed like we get to where we're going after a show we go to bed right. we wake up like, <laughs> tired and go to the next show it's like 12 hours away so it's not it's it's, it's not the glamorous life no that you lead. no it's just but it's fun i wouldn't mm-hmm. trade it for anything for sure because i get to sure. just hang out with my friends and that's what's all important. day yeah yeah that's important so with this tour we'll let you get on with the evening here um just give me a couple highlights so far of the tour yeah uh montreal was crazy uh we played this venue it's called trackside tracksade okay and it was like it was a diy like punk squad and it was crazy (laughs) oh nice big complex like and uh the bar owner she was so nice the venue was so small but like there was like 90 people in there, 80 or 90 people, and it was just packed. And it was it was so much fun. It was one of the funnest shows on this tour. Right. Did you get? Do you, do you have a metal crowd or did you have a hardcore crowd, a punk crowd? Metal. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was mixed. Like we get this whole tour, it's been a lot of mixed crowds. I know. It's been great. It's, yeah, you get a lot of metal, and then a lot of the hardcore kids are coming and seeing some shows. And I think. Uh, I think with the whole thing, it was more like the uh, right time, right place, because a lot of people are trying to book tours right now, but it's been so hard and because everyone's trying to tour, but we booked everything way in advance uh-huh. to beat the rush of booking. And right. now there's shows coming, so a lot of more people are coming out to these shows. Right. So we get every crowd pretty much. Excellent. Excellent. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. Check us out. Head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling.
Once again, thank you everyone involved with bringing that awesome interview with Mr. McDonald once again from the mighty Deathurus. And thanks, of course, to our good buddy and former co-host, this guy, you know, at Bulldogs, her place. They, they put the show on there. Great, great hosts. Always a good time when I go out there for a show and hang out with her and just catch up really really cool stuff what's really really cool is the song ox from the mighty oxygen destroyer who of course are redefining darkness label mates of deathris that was a plague spreading horror from twenty thousand fathoms from the album Sinister monstrosities spawned by the ignorance of humankind. I know you are a big fan of the whole kaiju, of Godzilla, all oh, yeah. of that stuff. So am I. Dude, check it out. Oxygen Destroyer, of course, named after, you know, the weapon that killed the original Gojira in, in 1954. 1954. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You have to check out Oxygen Destroyer. <laughs> this is this is just some great stuff, and I hope to have them on the show sometime in the near future. So, last night, I actually going to pull back the curtain a little bit, and after about two-thirds of the Deathrish show was done, I made my way home little earlier because I wanted to get the new This Is Guar documentary in in order to chat about it with you tonight. Like you said, you did your due diligence as well. <laughs> Binged it. Oh, can you binge one thing? Well, does, does no, it wasn't a binge, but I, I had to cram, we'll say. Cram, there Is we it, are. Like cram, cramming for your English exams here. Right, right, because this amazing documentary was almost two hours. Oh, yeah. And when you see it, you see where all of that time went. Now, this was also an exclusive on Shudder. Now, if you're not too familiar what Shudder is, obviously, I have my subscription to it. It's a, stre it's a streaming channel. And it's all horror films and TV programs. Five bucks a month. Okay. How can you go wrong with this amazing back catalog? It's really reasonable. Uh, it's, it's, what the fuck? It's the best deal. It's the best streaming deal on the planet right now. If you like, you know, more. Yeah controversial material or if you like your blood splatter well they, they have what's what's the um the creep show series i think is on there right mm -hmm. yeah there's there's a lot of cool stuff when i logged in i'm like oh i mean there's obviously there's stuff that that's even grosses me out because like i'm i'm not a huge horror fan like i prefer the aesthetics set by like the classics like i could live in the frankenstein castles the dracula castles that sort of stuff oh yeah uh -huh. you know put me where the creature from the black lagoon happened like i i like <clears throat> those kind of environments but when it comes to like the slasher flicks and there's just blood everywhere that's a little much for me 
Not you your know, thing? No, not my thing. But, you know, um, I, I still like, I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh, I think there's a lot of stuff on here I might watch. And since Halloween is upon us, it's probably a good idea for me to have it because who knows what we'll need to talk about for the show this year. Who knows? Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. And even even if like five bucks, like I, I spent more than that on coffee today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. pretty reasonable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when they announced like a Shutter exclusive, this is Guar, and I'm like, okay, not a problem. The problem was though finding the time with everything going on in the week and all that to <laughs> to to talk about this in time for tonight. But I think we pulled it off, and like I said, I was really impressed. I laughed, I cried. Like there were some, there were some touching moments. It just, I was just so impressed by just how thorough and comprehensive it was, going all yeah. the way back to pre-Guar when Brocky had Dave, Dave Brocky, rest his soul, he had met Hunter Johnson, Jackson, and they, Jackson, and they kind of, um, they met in like art school in Richmond, and they were kind of the, the. Uh, the misfits, you know, even in that world. Imagine being the misfit in art school. Well, you know? it's <laughs> funny because, you know, any anytime I've known somebody who's like the art school person, it, it's kind of like, and they talked about this in the film, it's the, it's the person smoking the cigarette standing beside this weird piece of art acting like they're better than everybody, you know, Typically, mm -hmm. probably looking like a goth or something, or something to try to look you know stylish and outrageous at the same time. And I'm like, how are they the weirdos at art school? Because they seem like everybody I knew that was into art that I think was cool. And mm -hmm. then he said the magic word, his commercial art teacher. Ah, yes. And I'm like, oh right, this is the mid '80s. They're in Virginia. He was, yeah, that's true too. He it, like their art degree was so they could go do layouts for a magazine, right? Mm. Like glamour or good housekeeping. <laughs> so yeah, like like because it's like yeah, comics. They didn't want anything to. I'm like, and it's so funny because um, <clears throat> just a couple hours south of me in Savannah, Georgia, there is an amazing art college down there called SCAD, uh, the Savannah College of Art and Design. And they churn out uh, comic artists like crazy. They have a, they have an entire um, curriculum um, dedicated to sequential art. You know, it's all about studying comics and things and, and the storytelling and just it's it's amazing from you know the the mid eighties when Guar was forming to today how things have changed. You know, so yeah. I found that very interesting. Before we go any further, we should probably drop a spoiler warning here because we might, we're going to try to keep it vague, but we're going, I know we're going to end up giving away some, some oh, yeah. details just through the course of conversation. So we're, we're putting it out now. Maybe pause this. Go. If you're, if you have a subscription to shutter, which you should, it's up now. Go and watch it. Come back or take advantage of their of their free trial offer, and then continue the subscription. Come on, it's five bucks. It's well, 
worth it. That, that out of the way, I marked out right at the very beginning. They haven't even run the credits. <laughs> and the roadie is talking about the blood tank. Oh, that was the best. And all that. And it's like, the reason why I marked out for that is because I've handled those. I've moved those oh, in and out of the venue. Right. When the last time Gore came through Winnipeg here and Ninja Cat Productions put it on, we were there from 11 in the morning till 3 in the morning the next day. Just loading in, hanging out, watching the show, loading out and just getting just everything that needed to be done. Like it was like what a 15 hour day or whatever it was like it was yeah it was it was long but it was so worth it the the floor in front of the stage in the venue and fortunately cleaning up the venue didn't fall under our jurisdiction thank Thank goodness there was a lake of blood in front of the stage. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Like it was it was something else. As you walked, okay, as you walked through it, you splashed. Oh yeah. Like like walking through puddles. <laughs> like it was the most surreal thing. And of course all of that blood comes from these huge tanks. These these blood tanks. And I'll never forget when we got to them as we're helping move all the props and all the equipment out of the, out of the trailer and out of the bus and the vans and all that, because there was, this was huge. Like they had a lot, they, we didn't even bring everything in. Okay. And we were still all there all, all, all day and all night. It came time for those tanks. And I just took one look at them and I'm like, mine, I'm (laughs) dibs dibs I want to move these because I knew what these fucking things were (laughs) you know Uh, yes yes the blood tanks well yes how dumb am I because I've seen Guar uh, twice at least twice and I know what goes into Guar show I know you know I mean I've seen Dawn of the Day of the Night of the Penguins um I, I, I'm well aware of what I'm getting into when I say guar, right? And mm-hmm. watching a guar documentary. So what's my stupid um, self do? I have an idea. I'll set up my shutter trial and watch this while I'm eating my lunch. While you're having lunch. Yeah. I, I got to the part where I'm like, and they're setting up the tanks. I'm like, cool, they're setting up the tanks. And I'm eating my lunch. And then they get to the mask with the stuff or the guy and the head and the blood shooting out of the top. I'm like, okay, I'm pausing this. I got to watch it later. And then my, my wife's there. This is the best part. She's like, oh, well, that's something really nice you're watching. Um, and I look at her. I'm like, it's a Guar documentary. Oh, okay. That makes sense now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because everybody just knows. And uh, I, I just couldn't believe it. I was that dumb. I'm like, yeah, that was a bad idea. Um, yeah. yeah. Your first this, Guar show, did you wear white? Yeah, I think I think so. I think so. Not not intentionally. I think I just had like oh, a I white, purposely white wore white. On. Yeah, but I, I my first Guar show, I came home 
like just drenched. Oh yeah. And I I'm that crazy fucker that you know, I want to be in this, I want to get drenched. I, I you know, I want to take the can into the face which I have <laughs> you know, like that is just the best thing ever. Well, and there's nothing yeah. like it because the very first time I saw Guar, I got up close, I wore white, and those clothes were never washed. I finally did throw them out. Um, I can't remember when, but like I kept them for years in that state because I was proud of mm-hmm. them, you know. Right. Oh, they were, yeah. they were never washed. And before the first guitar chord sounds, I was already sprayed by something. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like you feel something wet hitting you, and then you hear odorous over the mic. It's like holy crap, we're in it. Like buckle <laughs> up, you know. This is this is on, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, when did you first discover Guar? Like it, what it year? What probably it would have probably been around Scum Dogs. Right. Somewhere between Scum Dogs and '92. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think of when my first show was. I I feel like my first show wasn't till like um, after the Sadama Gogo single. Like I feel I feel like it was somewhere in there, like ninety five, ninety six. I think. Okay. You know, but um, but I mean, I was aware of them and heard their music before that. Right, right. Myself, it was that first record. It was the the Hello record. They weren't even a metal band then. They were just com com completely unknown. It was like 1988. I went into um my favorite record shop and the clerk, Big Andy, had the VHS going of this band. And I'm just, I'm watching, what the fuck are you watching here, dude? What is this? And he just looks at, looks at me and he goes, this is gore. Really? And I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, this is Alice Cooper gone berserk, man. Like, this is, this is fucked up. There is yeah. no way that this is ever going to make any sort of mainstream success. You know, and while they, you know, they were kind of a concert draw and all that, as as a whole... Like Guar, like they said as the show as as the document. No, like nobody got rich off of Guar. No. You know, and it's not like they sold a ton of albums as well, especially once the whole downloading bullshit and all, you know, once the once all that shit started happening. Like I really think Guar in terms of sales were were one of the, the biggest victims, but they were always Somewhat of a live draw. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Definitely like, a I, live I, draw. I, I, I can't help but think, okay, I'm a metalhead. I don't really know their music very much, but uh, um, like I've kind of heard of them and their their crazy live set. Let's go and see this. Maybe we'll we'll luck out and get covered in blood. I think, I think that was a lot, you know, for for that. Uh, they were especially were the oddball when I remember they were talking. Talking about um, there's Sounds of the Underground tour that came here to Winnipeg. Really? Okay. And what that was was a whole bunch of metalcore bands 
Okay, I think like as I lie dying were the headliners. Oh wow! Like, okay. Yeah, it's just it, it it was that kind of scene. For some reason, Guar were the halftime show they called it, <laughs> which, which didn't make any sense. Yeah. It's just the band that's on at that time. But okay, fine. You call it. You call it whatever you want. They stuck out on that tour like a sore thumb, but. I enjoyed them. I got drenched and it introduced the band to like this whole new audience to all the little emo kids and goth girls and all and all that. So I enjoyed that. That was that that was kind of interesting. Another another interesting part that I really dug on this was some of the talking heads on this Weird Al. Weird Al. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was like, holy crap, Weird Al's on here? Weird Al likes Guar. But then I thought about it as I'm listening to him talk and all that. It's like, well, yeah, Weird Al would get it. He he gets the joke. He he would get what they're all about. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that's, that's right. Now, and that got me thinking, like, a Weird Al Guar tour. Imagine that. Okay, obviously Weird Al would be the headliner, and that's a t- total mainstream audience. Imagine his audience being subjected to Guar. Oh my goodness, that'd be hilarious. Like the first ten rows covered in blood. The political figure getting slaughtered on stage and the... You know, just everything. Just everything that goes with a Guar show. Like the look on these people's faces, the sheer terror and all that. But it's Weird Al approved. Weird Al approved, you know. It's really cool seeing Brian Slagle. Yeah. On here. If you, you know, from Metal Blade, he's the guy that, you know, signed them on, you know, to, to Metal Blade, obviously. He knew a good thing when he saw it. How about. I, what really impressed me, I did not know that um, Metal Blade lost a major deal for distribution that could have like literally taken them to the next level because of Guar. Yeah. And I am so impressed that he stood behind Guar. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe it was might have been one of those deals where... Um, what was it? Columbia. They came sniffing around earache records and picked up napalm carcass, napalm death fudge tunnel for, you know, for their latest release. And of course it was a, the experiment failed. And before you know it, Columbia is kicking earache to the curb and all that, but they gave us a lot of some, some, some great records. So I'm kind of thinking, Whatever, whatever the major label was, they approached Metal Blade with the same idea. And no one was ready to compromise. But I love so, yeah. that. I love mm-hmm. how oh, much they didn't want to compromise. And that really mm-hmm. blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Did you know who Adam Green was? No, was, and I still don't think I do because I don't remember that name. Was he? I'm guessing he was in the film, and I missed it. Yeah, yeah, no, he he was he he was in the movie. He's a 
He's he's one of the young horror film directors right now that did the Hatchet movies. Oh, okay. Now, these Hatchet movies with um, Aleister Crowley, not Aleister Crowley, the hell's his name? Ah, uh, he they tried in the Hatchet films. They they tried to make another Jason. Gotcha. Type type characters. Last last name is Crowley. I know I got all of our listeners. Fuck man, Snowy, what are you talking about? How do you not know, you know? I just brain fart right now. That one little detail, you know, once again has left my head. Well, he's the 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 big bad in um, Hatchet in the the three Hatchet movies. And the special effects to this I could see how Guar was a big influence on Green's films, you know, because everything that he did with all these special effects for for all these movies, like man, uh, yeah, yeah, I I I could see I could see how Green was a big fan and they were a big influence. If you can't handle slasher and horror films, dude, I think what you should do is watch the Hatchet movies. Yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aaron, yeah, Aaron. I don't know. Check, check, check out the Hatchet films. Watch it with your wife. Yeah, she'll like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, so, I th- man, I think the thing that I really didn't realize is that they were all artists building their own thing mm-hmm. all the time, and they were they were literally like putting on a theater production every night. Mm-hmm. Like that 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 was just amazing That's to me. Because yeah, I mean, like I knew like they had costumes and stuff, but I I'm naive and I just figured like, oh okay, they sent that out somewhere to be designed. Like that impressed me even more that they built that stuff. Like like yeah, that's sure. that's skill right there, you know. And with without a huge forty million dollar budget. Yeah. Right. You know, like they they got creative in how they did things and. At the end of the day, yeah, you might think it looks kind of campy and cheesy and all that, but it worked. You enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Well, I got, I I got a kick out of. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was, I was going to say one of the other talking heads was e- Ethan Embry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, who played Mark in the Empire Records? When I think that was the first time I saw Guar in a feature. No, it would have been Hardware. In 1990, the futuristic horror film that you saw Guar kind of on yeah. a TV in the background. Lemmy also had a cameo in that movie. And so did Iggy Pop as a DJ, a voice in the background. So, yeah, recommend the movie Hardware. Go go check that out. Yeah, Ethan Embry played Mark in Empire Records. And when he was tripping out on his buddy's uh, special laced, brownies, uh, special brownies, yeah, yeah, Extra trying sugar. to watch a trying to watch a Guar video where he ends up getting eaten and all that. It's like, yeah, that's 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 classic. And I I kind of marked out when I saw Embry. It's like, well, yeah, that would actually make a lot of sense. Oh, and it was so funny fun. him being there because. You know, he he's you know now in his forties talking about it, and he was playing this this young stoner kid at the time, and he's like, he's like, so it's a fish or it's a dick, 
like, <laughs> he's like, you know, cause they kind of filtered it out. And I always remember seeing that, like they did this weird effect on it. And, um, he's like, he's like, really? Does a cuttlefish look like that? He's like, oh, you called a fish so you could get away with it being a dick. <laughs> it was just the whole conversation <laughs> around the cuttlefish was just amazing. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I love that somewhere in North Carolina in an evidence room is the cuttlefish of Cthulhu. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Because obscenity charges were, were, were brought up on them for one of their shows. And all that, which that that was actually kind of news to me. As soon as that I heard that, and like they cut to like the 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 comic drawing of like the cuttlefish hanging with the other evidence and things, <laughs> dude, tell me that doesn't scream horror film, right? Or or horror film oh, sequel, yeah. right? So like you know you yeah. have the cuttlefish on the wall, the cuttlefish comes to life, spawns, comes whatever, to life. yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is like the the making of, of like a new horror movie. Like, this is great. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Adam dude, Green, we're looking at you. Yeah. So, how about the shooting incident? I didn't know about any of that. The shooting incident. What did I miss? Oh, oh! When when they um they they were getting off the highway and the car cut them off and started shooting at them. Oh yes, yeah. Well, American road rage, like. No, it wasn't road rage. Like like they 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 were being targeted. It was it was like a gang or like a carjacking or robbery. Oh. Or something. Oh okay. Yeah, because they were explaining. They're, they're oh like, yeah, and one one of the members was shot. Someone yeah, in yeah. The crew the was shot. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he was he was out for a while. No, and I I don't even remember that, like seeing that in the news or yeah or anything like that. Like, Unless wow. that just been... like I never heard about that. Hmm. We kind of we have our finger to the pulse too, like something like that. It's well, just... I'm, yeah, and I'm watching the timeline. I'm like, I knew pretty much everything that went on, um, probably up until like the early. 2000s probably like after 2002 is is when when things started getting fuzzy for me why i wasn't as in touch but like all the other stuff oh no i remember that i remember that sly minstra hymen goodness i love her (laughs) she's just amazing daniel stamp yeah 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 Yeah. that's that's another thing that i really dug about this film we so we see everyone behind the mask and you might argue it killing the mystique or whatever but it's been uh, like i i've seen the band um sound check without costumes well that was a mistake okay because when i when we saw that we're just kind of looking at each other it's like we're killing it for each other for ourselves we're watching the sound check because we've we it's a it's something we've done we've seen so many sound checks and all that just from after loading the bands in and all that and it dawned on us like why are we doing this why you know like ah well so that ship has kind kind of sailed it's it's interesting to see past members that have come and gone okay and seeing them now like daniel stamp who is slim menster hyman and and all that. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. Sorry, what were you going to say about her? 
Um, no, just just that I just I I I love her and her approach and her character, mm-hmm. and I like what was the the one I because when they're talking about her and she's talking about her character, she's like, well, you know, it we have this stigma around menstruation and men can't go buy tampons. And I'm like, <laughs> and what's really funny, dude, is I, before I watched this, I was I was literally thinking about that today. Um. Because I was having a conversation with a female friend of mine, and I, I and I was wondering, I'm like, I wonder if there's any other dudes that are comfortable having these conversations, because like, like well, I can't even begin to tell you, yeah, dude. But since I was probably like 14 yeah, or 15, like, um, I've, I've, um, being of being of the father of a daughter, and you know, once she hits a certain age, there were times where I've had to take her to buy certain products yeah. and all that. And the whole time she's freaking out. Like I'm free. Like, Oh no, dad's freaking out. He's got to do this. And I'm like, well, you know, I've, you know, I've known your mother for a long time now and she goes through this every month. I'm kind of aware of what goes on here. What? I kind of get it. Yeah. And, and that's know? the thing is, is there's so many men that still, are like freaked out. It's like whatever, dude. You yeah, know, suck like, it up. Like, if you're freaked out, then you really shouldn't be having sex. Like for real. Yeah, um, and don't don't have kids. That's yeah. for sure. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. But so, like, I was literally having this conversation, and she comes on talking about the stigma, and there's the one, the the one clip. It was perfect where she's basically they've you know she's got the the blood hose coming out of her vagina <laughs> you know essentially her right. crotch but she's turned around like she's lifting her leg like a dog and I'm like <laughs> oh my goodness that's just amazing because you could really see the performance art in it where it's it, it's like this horror satire of the world you know like mm-hmm. like every every guartor was something some pop culture thing that was going on and just their satired version of it oh they were so good at that whoever was president at the time whichever the controversial bullshit was yeah and all that like yeah it's uh just like in the song slaughterama the people that they poked fun of oh i love that one that, the, the, the nazi skinheads and the hippies he doesn't have to tell you yeah. <laughs> oh yeah no, no nothing was sacred and i love that so mm-hmm. i I remember what i wanted to say earlier i want to know what the statute of limitations is for the uh the vcu there school um because you know that school now has on tape that they were stealing a lot of shit from that school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, how about like, like when they t- talked about how like the blood thing came about? I was like, wow. I put it in a, a hot water bottle with a tube, and then I squeezed it, and it came out. I said, well, wait a second. What if we pressurize something? So he's like, so we started stealing fire extinguishers. I, <laughs> I want to know how they figured out how to depressurize and then refill the fire extinguisher. Like that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Like that, that I'm like, seriously, I think, I think the most impressive thing is like, oh, imagine the stuff you would have learned working with these guys. And like, oh, you look God. at the quality of the art and the sculpture. I'm like, man, they are all 
really good at what they do, and they're also all MacGyver-level figuring things out. You know, it's like, jeez. And, like, ladies and gentlemen, let, let's let, let, let's take a minute to realize that this was way before you could just Google something. Oh, yeah. You had to know. You had... It, it, it had to have been a skill passed down. They had to have known someone that knew how to do this or had some idea or they just... By the metal gods, they got lucky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, dude. Well, so, and how about Hunter Jackson? Because I don't think I really knew much about him until this. Yeah, me neither. He was, because, like, Odorous and Slimenstra, they were the ones that got the most attention because, he, he, once again, he was the he was the main man and she was the she. And, yeah, you knew the other characters and all that, but... You really didn't, back then, okay, you really didn't get to know the people behind, like, I don't, I don't even remember, I think, I didn't hear the name Dave Brocky until the Dave Brocky Experience solo record. Yeah, and that like, was, that I was don't remember the first time that, I realized that mm-hmm. Otis was Dave Brocky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, because being a pro wrestling fan, there was a thing called kayfabe. Oh yeah, and with with kayfabe, that's where you you protect the secrets. You know, you don't give away identities of masked records. You you don't uh, you don't show the press how you do this. You know, I think with Guar, there is a certain level of kayfabe to it that. You know, let's keep let's keep, you know, the uh, the mystique going for for as long as we can. And it probably really wasn't until the Internet that, you know, the key, the Guar kayfabe really broke. But, yeah, no, it wasn't until. Um, the Dave Brock experience solo record. When the press, the printed press was, yeah, odorous in his solo project. And I'm like, oh, Shit. Well, I can't unsee this now. Well, how about how well Dave could stay in a character? Uh, <laughs> uh, there were times when he uh, prob- probably should. Like, there's. I, I honestly think, and I've talked about this on the show before, when you play a character for so long, okay, like, you can't help. But have be a that character be a part of you. I had the good fortune of having a face to face Ashen interview with Dave Brocky. Oh, that had to be weird. Mine was it, a phone. Oh, okay. Um, it 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 got weird when like he would just be Dave, and then every once in a while, like Odorous would kind of slip out. And just some of the way he would talk and, and you know, and it kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, who am I talking to here? Am I, is, is this Dave or is this Odor? <laughs> you know, it, it was the most surreal experience. Wow. And to this day, it's like still one of my favorite interviews. And I really feel blessed 
to have gotten that opportunity just from someone. Yeah, we're technically we're in the business. We've done this for 16 years and we've spoke to enough people and we've done enough stuff within the industry to say, yeah, we're in it. But yeah, just to go that one step further and have Brocky break kayfabe for radioactive metal was yeah. an honor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. And then I don't know, I guess maybe it was a couple years later. Um, we found out that David died. Oh, yeah. So terrible. And this, this was when it got hard watching this, you know, not just, not just Dave, but when they were talking about the death of Corey Smoot as well, that, that got hard because here are these grown men that played these, these, these aliens that tore people up and tried to rule the world and all that. And to see them fighting back the tears, you know, it was just, it was tough. It, it, it was tough considering we've had, we've spoken to Dave Brocky. We've had Blothar, Mike Bishop on as well. One of the talking heads. And I don't mind saying this on the show now because he already outed himself. But one of the talking heads on the show was Guar's publicist, Mr. John Freeman. Yeah, this is a guy we work with behind the scenes as well. So when I saw John, I'm like, wow, look at that. There's our boy. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, so I feel like we're, you know, and having spent that day moving the stuff in and out, and, you know, it just you felt that connection. Or at least I did. I felt this. I feel this connection to Guar as you know as fleeting as it might be so like just my point is watching these guys talk about dave talk about Corey, fighting back the tears the eyes were misty there was oh, a yeah. lump in the throat it, it was tough yeah it was and tough you know it was nice to see the viking funeral that they did for odorous mm-hmm. like i really dug yes. dug being able to see that mm-hmm yeah, it would have been nice to have been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As well. Because I'm sure we would have seen a number of people that we've had on the show or that we work with behind the scenes and all that at, at that funeral. And, you know, you always like funerals aren't supposed to be social events. You know, you always when you see people at a funeral you're kind of like ah it's good to see you i wish we were hanging out on 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 better circumstances it would it would kind of be like that but on this on the other hand when you're at a funeral like you're celebrating this person's life they weren't just doing the like just just the fact that they did the burial at sea the viking uh, okay yeah it's a funeral but it was a celebration of his life. You could see yeah. how how loved that uh, Dave was, you know, in the Richmond scene. Yeah. So yeah, you're absolutely right. That's that was a great point. Oh, it was yeah. really really cool. All right, now mm -hmm. 
let's 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 finish this up with something not related to the documentary. Okay. Um, there, you know, there's the barbecue, which is where they held the Viking funeral. That's something they do. But then I think it's Mike Dirks has the restaurant in Richmond, Virginia, Guar Bar. Right. right. How, sir, how close? You're not. Oh, no, no, you to Virginia. No, no, we're not. Okay. Like, I, I know my American the geography. That's why I kind of had to. Yeah. Well, Virginia is a big ask. state. Right. And it, it's it's. Cause I, cause I've, I've been, I've, I've worked in Virginia a few times and I was still never near it, you know? So, because if I ever get close, I have to go and I have the menu up. Um, anybody who, who, who hasn't seen this yet, just Google Guar Bar, go to the menu, go to the restaurant page because the, um, the first thing is hail Satan. <laughs> and it's a <laughs> vegan dish. And it's okay. like vegan Satan, I think it's S-E-I-T-A-N, but I just read right. Satan. And you can get barbecue or Carolina style, you know. Um, okay, <laughs> I love this one. And this is just like like the favorites page. This is the first thing you see. It says, Guar's Famous Meat Sandwich. Okay. Uh, and it's it's pulled pork and stuff like that, but just, just the names. Nachos Destructo. <laughs> yes, I love right. it. Now, check this one out. Cauliflower nuggets. And so it's they're they're vegan, you know, kind of, kind of it's basically supposed to be like vegan chicken nuggets but cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the sauces. You can have buffalo, motor breath, which is garlic oh. buffalo, bojabanero, which is very hot, marrow sucker. <laughs> Which is a sweet barbecue, um, and then barbecue is our original beer molasses sauce. Um, oh, okay. And then check out this. So, so hamburgers there are called beef cakes. Of course. Right. Well, yeah, beef cake, the mighty. So it's a beef cake. Right. But um, the featured beef cake on this page is the bacon cushioner. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, oh my goodness! Like, I just, I. I love that the shtick never ends. Like, like mm-hmm. they, they, they will never take themselves seriously, and that's that's the best part. And then they have guar bar Twinkies. That's probably like the most boring thing on the menu. Um, okay, you're gonna like this one. They have chicken McDuckets, which is a chicken thigh, uh, duck leg, mozzarella, mm-hmm. <laughs> some sort of crazy appetizer. Uh, oh. Um, they have demon eggs instead of deviled eggs. Deviled egg, demon eggs, right Dude. on. Uh, let's see here. Um, they have the guab salad, which is a, a, a cob salad, but instead it says guab um, guizer instead of Caesar salad. Let's see, hang on, let's see here. Oh, here's a guarda choke. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so. Remember the album Guar Kills Everything? Because mm-hmm. they talk about it in the documentary. Right. There is a vegan Guardachoke patty, and the name of the burger is We Don't Kill Everything. <laughs> 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 and you're only going to understand that if you're a Guar fan. Like, that's oh, what I love is like, there are mm-hmm. like, they keep the inside jokes going even in the menu. That's how committed they are to this. 
<laughs> we have uh, to get there. We oh, have to get dude. there. Like so, the Guar Bar, and then uh, Nika McBrain's place down in Florida. Th- those right. are two places that you and I need to podcast from. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then in LA, don't they have like the Grilla Mall? Oh yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 another thing. I mean, Kiss has that the Rock and Brews, but I mean, Rock and Brews. Okay. Mm. Like, I mean, I'm a Kiss fan. I would. St- I was. G- I'm gonna go, but it doesn't strike me as like a destination place. Right. Right. This. This would definitely be. Yeah, especially since Gene Simmons doesn't drink. Right. Yeah. Like, would Mrs. Would Mrs. Aaron appreciate a night at the at the Guar Bar? Oh no. 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 <laughs> Haven't I told you that she's still scarred from the Misfits concert? <laughs> I know, but uh, all right. Yeah, she was seven months pregnant with our daughter. No, four four months pregnant. Oh, okay. Now, maybe, maybe it wasn't even that much, but she was pregnant with our daughter when I took her to the Misfits concert. Um, not my best work, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> not my best work. Uh, because I hadn't been to a show in years. I'm old. They're old. I figured, what's the harm if we try to get up front? <sighs> so no. many mistakes were made that night. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I, think, I think Mrs. Snowy would enjoy an evening. Like yeah. she, she, she would get a kick out of the menu and, you know, I'm sure there's lots of guar pictures and stuff and, and all that. Just, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to run it by her. I think maybe that might be a, a place for us to check out. How about we check out some tunes? If you let's don't mind, let's go back to, well, when I first discovered Guar from their debut record, Hell O. Makes sense. How about let's just go with Guar's theme?
admit, like, okay, like, it's never any surprise, like, never the band that takes off for an artist is the band's, is the artist's first band. They don't strike gold with their first band and all that. Never really gave that much thought about Guar having a, any members having a first band because they're so, they're so unique. They so, they so stand out. Well, it was this documentary that introduced me to Dave Brockie's first band, Death Piggy. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. From their EP, Love War, that was Mr. Dave Brockie and Death Piggy with Nympho. Well, man. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out and giving that the once over for our listeners and I hey and for yourself I know I know that you really dug it and um, there's probably so many other great documentaries that like uh, up on YouTube or on Tubi and all that that one of these times is you know every once in a while I think maybe we should find one of these documentaries or even some of these movies like with the with the This Is Guar movie, I guess Shudder was kind of on a rock and roll kick because the same day that that dropped, Hard Rock Zombies and um, Hard Rock Nightmare dropped on Shudder as well. So I'm like, hey, look at this. Oh, they're on some sort of rock and roll kick here. So, yeah, I think maybe we should keep that in mind for the future, my friend. And... Um, We'll have this chat again about some other really cool documentary. And once again, before we get on with anything else, Shutter. Five bucks a month. All that is, is one less beer you're going to drink in the club tonight. Because they're all more than five bucks. For sure, for sure. So, um, yeah, once again... Thank you so much, and now is a good time to get to tonight's Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. As I mentioned earlier during my metal fix, along with Tortured Saint, another cool Canadian metal band, My Hollow, came through town on that tour. And when I was kind of hanging out with them in, in between bands, just kind of shooting the shit and all that, um, I kind of mentioned to them how... Yeah, your PR, they set me up with your latest release and all that. And after your performance tonight, I really think we're going to uh, uh, tap you in our next Indie Spotlight. So from their latest self-titled release, this is My Hollow with Hell or High Water.
Facebook.com slash my hollow band or my hollow dot bandcamp.com to check that out. And when you get a chance to see this band live, trust me, you are going to want to do it. Once again, guys, thank you so much for a fantastic and memorable evening. And thank you so much again for starting my weekend off right i can't wait i can't wait as much as i'm looking forward to tonight like i said i can't wait to sleep in tomorrow <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna run around buy some new comics buy some new records hang out with little snowy and all that but then tomorrow night i don't care if it's saturday night i'm turning off my phone nobody call me me I'm just watching movies and hanging out with the missus tomorrow night. Uh, how can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, radioactivemetal.org. Go there for all episodes, past, present, and future. You can find us anywhere good podcasts are sold for free. Because that's what <sighs> Sold for free, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> if you pay more than nothing for this, you've been overcharged. But oh, there. I'm sorry. There are some podcasts, okay, that that do that where they'll for you know if you pay X amount a month, you know you can you'll have special episodes or like even even not just bonuses, but just to to pay for a podcast three dollars an episode or whatever. I don't know if they do that anymore, but when we first started that, I'm like, really. Some people are actually charging for this. There's 800 million podcasts. You know, why the hell am I going to pay for it? I'm not. Yeah, and there's all sorts of different takes on that. And and it's funny, you know, so, some of the shows that are that are doing that, they're, where they're pushing a little hard, I'm like, okay, I think I'm about done. And, yeah, that's a nice thing. It's free. I can come and go as I please. So... Um, it is free. We do this because we love it. So find us anywhere you can find a podcast. Um, and then, you know, share us, give us a review, drop us a like, whatever. Check us out on the social media. I don't think we talked about much this particular episode that we'd have pictures of. But if you check out at RadMetal666 on Instagram, that's where we post the pictures. And then Facebook.com mm-hmm. slash RadMetal. And drop us a line, right. email, radmetal666 at gmail.com. And then last but not least, if you go to shiningwizardsnetwork.com, that is the home for a host of podcasts. And it's a home for us. We're there too. Um, as well as A Wrestling Night in Canada, another um, you know podcast here, kind of related to this show because the host sounds a little like Snowy. It's weird. Hmm. Um, Good-looking guy. Yeah, Good handsome guy. fellow. Handsome fellow. Yeah, it really is. But um, the fine folks over at the Shining Wizards Network have taken us in, and we're part of that family. And because of that, you can find us on Spotify. So go to Spotify, look for the Shining Wizards Network, and there we are. It's a good time. Right on, right on. And it's always a good time discovering a new band, at least a new band to us at this moment, the new record from Battlegrave, from good old Down Under. Good eye, Mike. This is the title track from their latest re- release, Cavernous Depths. In the meantime and in between time, 
That's it. This has been a death-redefining episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy. And this is Aaron. And we are Gwar. Gwar. Yeah.